Hello, this is Wayne Highlander. I'm the National Sales Manager, Bone Adhesives. I'm Rob Johnson from Bona Training. Rob, how are you doing today? Very good, Wayne. How about yourself? I'm good. Are you wrapped up your training for the year? Just finished up the last school yesterday in Cincinnati. It no was kidding. a hell of a year. We did uh, we did something like 40, 40, between 40 and 46 events just on the East Coast. Nice. Wow, that's a lot, Rob. Um, okay, so this episode we're going to talk about today is, you know, preventing job site accidents. And um, a lot of things, a lot of times we take these things for granted because, uh, you know, it's second nature being on construction jobs with uh, for, for guys. And, and uh, but there's a lot of ways to get hurt on a job site. And um, I, I think this would be a good one to talk about real quick, Rob. So, Rob, you ever have a, a job site accident? Or uh, let me rephrase that. Oh, I, listen, how, I was a, I was an accident waiting to happen. I was going to say, how site. many job site accidents have you had? Exactly. Yeah, this one, this one's all about me and my old partner. Um, yeah, we had, you name it, we had some sort of an accident um, with all sorts of different things. I mean, it was just, it was brutal. Um, I think we should just dive right into this, yep. you know? Yep, Um One... One my, you know, the first one that pops into my head for preventing accidents is maintenance on your equipment. Equipment maintenance is huge, and I think what happens with our equipment maintenance is sometimes we get so busy with, you know, floor guys are artists. You, you know what I mean? We think like an artist. We think like a craftsman. So. You know, the last thing we want to do is uh, fix a switch on a buffer or, you know, any, any of those little things that just, if I can plug it in and go, I'm going to go type of thing. And I'll, I'll fix that later because right now I got to, I got to nail this stain color. I got to get this board and, you know, that kind of thing done. But equipment maintenance, I think is so big and we've had so many issues. We, um, we were installing a floor one time. And uh, I walked into the job the next day, and uh, the GC on the job had this huge cut above his eye, you know, really big gash in his forehead and everything. And I said, geez, what the hell happened to you? And he goes, uh, well, after you left yesterday, I borrowed your table saw. Wow. And the table saw, of course, had a bad switch, and the only way we could make it turn on was to plug it in. So it had a suicide oh, switch. Oh, no. That's what we, that's, yeah, that's what we called it. So he plugged it in, the board shot off that he was going to cut and just, Jeez. you know, wailed him in the head. So I said, well, you know, that'll teach you for using my equipment without asking first, you know? And it was just, you know, we had a, we had a buffer that was the same way. I was like, all right, Pete, plug it in. Let's go. Just simple little things that cause more issues for us. That same buffer that I was talking about, we were, we were doing a floor and, you know, I, took it as far as I could and popped the cord out of the wall, walked over, plugged it back in. And of course, forgetting that we had a dead man switch on there and the thing just shot across the floor, put a real nice hole in the wall. So yeah, when we were talking about preventing accidents, I just started thinking of the hundreds of stories that I could talk about just because of improper equipment maintenance. Of course, all of this happened, Wayne these uh 
dead man switches that we used to call them or live man switches, whatever you want, was when I was much younger and dumber. And that's why we've learned by our mistakes. And that's why we're trying to tell everybody out here to learn from the mistakes before somebody gets hurt of just taking the extra time and taking care of maintaining your equipment. Yeah. And these, you know, we take for granted, um, you know, these saws are running at such high RPMs, man, and to lose a finger, just a blink of an eye. And especially when we, we do repetition, you know, when you're cutting the same boards over and over and over again, uh, that's why I like setting up a jig and putting in safety stops in there and even telling the guys, you know what, take a break every, every few minutes, get away from it, go to, you know, start stacking them instead, you know, and, uh, instead of making that repetitious cut over and over and over and over again. Cause you know, and also your, your hand always follows the eye. So even just, you know, you take a break, you look at the, the saw blade, your hand goes there. It, I mean, it's, it's an easy one to happen. So, um, this job's too hard as it is to do it without uh, all the necessary fingers. Um, and get a really nice, comfortable pair of safety glasses that you don't even feel on your head anymore. Yeah. Um, and and always have a first kit, first aid kit on the job. If you don't have a first aid kit, and I get it, a lot of the guys, the older guys, been around a long time. I've never had it happen, but um, especially if you got apprentices on the job and other employees, you really need to have a nice safety kit on the job. Um, the other thing too, Rob, is as I see guys still do this to this day. And, um, you know, when I worked with my uncle years ago, I mean, this is, this is what he did. And even though I didn't know anything about hardwood floors, I knew this wasn't the practice that was going to, you know, that would, would keep us alive very long. And that's tapping into, into boxes with alligator clamps. It's a scary, scary proposition. I mean, you know, you, they see why why men don't live as long as women. That's that's a great example. Uh, tapping into the boxes with alligator clamps and and even when you're taking a screwdriver and you're in there working, if if you arc that screwdriver along at the side of the box, if anybody's ever done that once, man, that's a that's a scary deal. So yeah, you definitely want to make sure don't you know these things that we fool with elect, electricity and. And our, our saws and, and stuff like that is we've really, really got to be, be careful with these things. And especially bringing apprentices into this trade, we, we want to keep them around for a while. Uh, before they even get into using it every day on a job, I mean, gosh, when I broke into the job, no one ever talked to me about a chop saw or kickback on a table saw. They just said, here's a board, go rip it. And uh, it's just not smart. You know, so taking time to teach these guys and – uh, all the safety precautions and, and it just makes a lot of sense. You know, back to the power when we're talking about power, really your life can be made so much easier with a power station and four pigtails. Four pigtails is just about going to take care of anything, anything you're going to run into in a house, you know, 50 amp, 30 amp and 50 amp, 30 amp being your dryers, 50 amps being your stoves. And then three, Three legs, three prongs for the older stuff, and then four prongs for, I think, anything, was it post-90s, I think? They went to the four-prong units for ranges and strivers. So those four pigtails to plug into your power station, run all your equipment out of there, that's going to be the real safe way to make sure that nobody ever gets electrocuted. You talk to a lot of old, well, you talk to just about anybody who's been sanding floors for a while 
there's been a lot of guys who have been electrocuted, you know, me included. One of the scariest days, though, I ever had was I got done sanding the floor. And I told my partner, I'm going to go downstairs and disconnect, roll the hose or roll the roll the cord. And um, it was back when I was just pulling panels. Pull the door off of the panel. Tap in right to the incoming legs with the alligator clips. But I was really careful, you know, because I would tap cardboard so it wouldn't arc against the side of the box. And then if I really wanted to be safe, you know, I'd tie it to the box with a shoestring. And I remember doing things like this and stepping back on, look at me, I am a, I was born to be an electrician. I can create power anywhere I need it. And... <laughs> And I went downstairs one day, and there is this, I don't know, 10, 12-year-old kid sitting there with my cord on his shoulder with an open with an open breaker box above his head. And, oh, my God, I can still see the room. I can still see the couch. I mean, I can still see that kid. And this was, this was a long time ago. This was 30 years ago. And I thought to myself, my God, I could have killed this kid. If this was my kid... He'd have been dead. My son loved taking apart electric stuff. You know, people would give him old toasters or whatnot just so he could take it apart. And if that was my son and he saw that open panel box, I know he would have started fiddling around inside of that thing. So that was the day that I cut my alligator clips off and said, all right, you know, I got lucky. Nobody ever got hurt because of something stupid that I did. So that was the day I cut my cut my alligator clips off and never went back. Yeah, but back then, people had a lot of kids. You know? <laughs> I mean, they had five and six kids, so it's not quite like today when people have one or two kids. Oh, I see where you're going with yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, you can afford the... So what you're saying is you can afford the thin... Ah, it's not as... Like, like I said, it's not like you only... You know, like you don't have one. He wasn't my favorite. Yeah. Kid. Uh, so yeah, electricity is a that's a scary up proposition, and um, you know, guys wearing rings at at work. I, I saw a guy almost lose a finger one time with a ring getting caught, and um, with your guys that have long hair getting into a chop saw or into into a drill, that, that's a uh, ugly way to to go home for the day as well. Do you ever, did that ever happen to you? No. With a ring? Did no. That, ever happen? Nope. that happened to me. We were on new construction. And I was walking down the stairs. And uh, I forget what the hell. I was carrying an edger or something like that. So I had something in my hand. And my ring caught on a sheetrock screw that wasn't fully screwed in. And I was going down. Oh, my God. That was... Yeah, I dropped the edger. I dropped it. It was crazy, but all because I was wearing a ring that day. Well, so, yeah, you never know what's going to happen. You know, and you talk you talk about going downstairs. A lot of times we're on commercial job site where there's they don't have the hand railing up yet. You know, uh, you know, uh, hopefully OSHA doesn't show up. But um, and 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 carrying what I call a lazy man's load, where you got your hands full of cords and edgers and you know a couple boards to boot and 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 you're you're going up and down these stairs and and uh, with you know, um, there's a thousand ways to get 
get hit on a job. So, uh, and, and as you get older, you, you know, you, when you fall down enough times, what have you, this becomes second nature to you. But, but, uh, you know, uh, uh, an ounce of prevention and taking your time and just kind of, I, I think it's also a good idea to have safety meetings with the guys and talk about some of these things, you know, especially if you're, like you say, if you're doing a herringbone, we're doing multiple cuts, man, that's uh, your finger is right next to that soft, uh, a long time. So, uh, it's smart to, uh, to talk about ahead of time. Absolutely. Um, you know, another one that, uh, is for what we're talking about here with preventing accidents is proper way to wear an operator belt. Yeah. You know, the operator yep. belt yep. on a drum sander yep. or the belt sanders. I mean, Bona has an awesome system for the operator belt. It's a quick release. So all you need to do is make one quick pull and you can break away from the machine. You know, some of the operator belts that guys are wearing, uh, I know that, you know, a very uh, popular one is that the weightlifter belt where you attach the belt to yourself and then you attach the loops from that belt to the machine. Oh, that's a scary day to lock yourself into a machine like that. You know, whatever issue might come up. But, um, you know, I was at an NWFA school and I was kind of instructing guys on how to wear the belt correctly so you're not locked away. Really, the way to do it is never tie the belt to yourself. It's always mm -hmm. a loose fit. Well, and also having and lock the you 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 want to lock the right side of the belt in because your right side, you know, your right hand is working your clutch, but your left hand is really just pulling the machine. So you take the other end of the belt, wrap it around you, not wrapped into it, but just around the back side of you, and then lash it. You know what I mean? Just kind of yep. lash it around a couple of times, and then hold it with your hand. Yeah, that left hand that's doing all the operating in the machine pulling then if there is an issue as soon as you let go the lash lets go and you can step away from the machine so you're never really locked into that that machines yeah you don't become one with the machine yep if you're on a second floor doing a doing a hallway and you back that one foot goes over that stair and you get that machine tied to you that's a it's an ugly proposition. Well, it's, it's not, maybe you were at the school, but that NWFA school where I was given that speech on how to properly wear your belt, this contractor says, hey, do you mind if I tell a story? I go, no, go right ahead. And it was exactly what you were saying. It was new construction, second story, temporary railing. And his guy was tied into the machine. He went through the railing and took the machine down. And he was on the second floor. Took the machine with him. Right over the railing. Then the guy proceeds to tell everybody how banged up the machine was. <laughs> cracked the frame. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The, yeah, the machine was cracked the frame of the machine. I had to the, this guy's going on and on. I hope he's listening to the SOB. I couldn't yeah. believe it. Yeah, help, help. He's all bent out of shape of what happened to his machine. Finally, I, I interrupted him. I'm like, is the guy okay? The guy's <laughs> reminding me of me, you know? I said, is is your guy okay? He goes, oh, no, he was he was pretty messed up. He was in the hospital for a while. He said, but that machine it busted the back wheel, and he went right back to 
talking about the machine, I was like, oh my God, some people just, <laughs> I, I really wonder about some people. How about loading your truck? You ever been in an accident? Have I ever been in an accident? Um, in your truck? No, I don't believe I ever have. No, never was in an accident. Uh, I was, uh, it was a late night, snowing like crazy. Uh, I was coming home from a job and, you know, it was late. So we just kind of tossed everything in the truck. I thought everything was in there. Good, safe, no problem. And, uh, hit a drunk. She had, uh, started to head up this road. It was kind of a hill. She lost a little control. So she backed out and backed right out in front of me. And I hit her pretty good. But the amazing part of that was I might have been doing 35, 40 miles an hour tops. And I got hit in the back of the head with just about everything that was in the truck. Cans of poly, the machines, the edgers. I mean, there was more damage on the inside of my truck than there was to the outside of the truck. Just because I really didn't secure the loads and... You know, didn't really have, uh, I thought everything would be fine until, like I said, everything came to a screeching stop at 40 miles an hour. If I was doing 70, if that was on the highway, uh, it could have been a different story. Is that how you bought your first house? <laughs> I didn't get a dime for that. Really? It or not. Wow. You ever, you, ever, you ever had a van stolen? Never. I've had three stolen in my career. Really? Yep. One outside, right outside of my house at 3.30 in the afternoon. My brother came in with a set of plans. We sat down at the kitchen table. We went over him. He walked out a half hour later. I go, where'd you park at? He goes, right here. I said, where's the van? He goes, oh, no, it's gone. And then uh, uh, another time in the morning, I got out of, I got out of, you know, Close the door, going to work in the morning. My van's gone. There's glass by the uh, the van. Van's gone. And another off a job site. So, yeah. Wow. Yep. And where is this? Where you lived in California? Mm -hmm. That's unbelievable. Two trucks drawn. Yeah. Yep. Um, you're, you're right. It was snowing like crazy. That night I had the accident, it was snowing like crazy. Wow. And the ambulance came. And they put me and this woman in the same ambulance. You're kidding. And she was, yeah. Yeah, she was really smashed drunk. So then the state trooper steps into the ambulance. They found drugs in her car and all sorts of stuff. And the, so the trooper's kind of getting pretty pissy with her. And she starts screaming and ranting and raving and everything. And the trooper says, Take her out of the guy. Take her out of this ambulance and bring this guy to the hospital. And they made her. They, <laughs> they put her out, literally on the gurney in the snow, to wait for another ambulance. And they drove me away. So I'm thinking, on the way to the hospital, I'm like, wow, this might be a, you know, this might be a pretty big payday, right? I mean, people get money for this kind of thing. Of course, yeah. You know, you think so, right? Mm -hmm. So I wasn't really hurt that bad. You know, my back was sore and everything. And, you know, they, it was more of a precaution thing I went to the, to the hospital for. So uh, so a couple of days later, somebody's like, you know, you should go talk to a lawyer. I said, yeah, all right, maybe I will. 
and talk to the lawyer and the guy's like, nah, you get, you got no case. <laughs> like really they found drugs and she was drunk and nah, he goes, you're not hurt enough. He goes, there's really nothing wrong with you. You, you, you got nothing. Did he so, look at you or did he do this over the phone? <laughs> so I was sitting right at his desk. Wow. And he said there was nothing wrong. He's like, nah, there's really nothing wrong with you. You're really not hurt enough to, you know, go at this girl for anything. And I was like, oh, okay. So, yeah, that was uh, that was the closest I ever came to a payday. Nothing. Wow. wow. Back to the sander. Hey, but after that, we got serious about putting that safety gate up between the back and the and the uh, seats making sure that the loads were completely secure. We put in shelves that, you know, well, I was never going to go through that again. And I say this, you know, I talk about this because I see some guys' trucks, you know, just like mine where it's, some are a lot worse than mine. I've seen just a pile of stuff in there. Well, you know, you've seen those trucks where they're just heaving everything in there. You got to get to the job and then get to another one. And boy, oh boy, I, tell you from experience that is something that you definitely want to stop doing because it's amazing what happens to that what it, it was amazing what happened to that load when i was kind of going slow i thought i was going pretty slow so rob the reason why we talk about some of these stories and that's and some of these are funny let's face it when you talk to guys about injuries and you know what what have you but you know one injury to a small business can put a guy out of business i mean you look at look at uh, what's at stake and uh, not to mention a lawsuit from from people getting injured and 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 uh, things like that. So, uh, or even a lawsuit from your own employees. Yeah. So I just think um, we take some of these things for granted. And, and and here's the thing: when a guy's been doing something for thirty years or twenty years, and you you show up every day, you use that table saw every day. To you, it's second nature. But you know you're around other people, and maybe your other people are coming on board with your company, and and we take for granted sometimes things that we've learned and, and done over the years so many times that other people will respect that saw like we do. And so having those safety meetings and having putting time aside to, uh, you know, even stuff like stretching and, and, and before you start the job and, and you know, back injuries. Um, you know, we go out to uh, these cold job sites and pick up a 200-pound machine to carry it up the stairs. And is, is it worth it? Not taking the time to. Uh, you always have to get how much you can weight lift, huh? Oh, I would. I don't care. I wouldn't ever carry the machines by myself every, anymore. Every every podcast we got to hear some weightlifting story from you, don't we? No, I, I I'll tell you why I would never do that, Rob. I, I really don't do that because, like, I would never like to be called Big Al because <laughs> there's always a bigger Al. And what if your name was Big Al and you go to a Bellman Alley and there's another Big Al? You know what I mean? You never brag about how strong you are. There's always somebody bigger and tougher. So that's not me, man. I, I, uh, Those days are long gone. You don't want to be Big Al. That's what you're telling no. everybody. No. Uh-uh. Don't, I don't want to be Big Al. Yeah. I mean, not that you couldn't pick up that 200-pound machine and carry uh, it flight stairs by yourself. You know what? I don't even care anymore. I mean, there was a day, yeah. That uh, that would be important yeah, to me. Uh, uh, but, yeah. but they, I said that to my son a couple of weeks ago. I said, you know, I really miss being strong. <laughs> Those days just are gone now. I, I miss being strong. 
Well, that, there's a lot to that. Yeah, no question. <laughs> Things change, man. <laughs> I guess what we're seeing, Rob, is you know every mistake that can be made out there has been made, right? I mean, that's the thing about about accidents. I mean, you know, it's it's usually nothing that's wow. That was a complete shock. We like we just had an earthquake and the building fell down. Usually, it's stuff that you know everybody's seen before. We know we know we need to be cautious. Uh, we know the ramifications, and uh, we talk about we, in previous episodes. You talked about fires, uh, which I think was really, if anybody hasn't listened to that podcast, that is to me just man, scary deal uh, about the fires. So everything that can be done that can be done is has been done already. It's just a matter of taking the time and and then think about the risk versus reward when you're out on the job. I mean, does it does it does a few extra minutes of precaution? Uh, make more sense rather than losing for a guy and losing a guy for a week because now he's got an injury. So thank you, Rob. I appreciate it. I like all your insights, especially you. I know you being at the, uh, at the schools, you see so many contractors come in and come out and uh, uh, get to share a lot of stories. So I appreciate that. And uh, this has been another episode of on the floor with Wayne and Rob, please stay tuned for another episode. <laughs>